This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your host, Joshua Toomey, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Talk To Me, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net. As always, I'm your host, Joshua Toomey, and I urge you to head over to Metal Nexus for all of your news, reviews, interviews, and the archives of this very podcast, the Talk To Me podcast. This is going to be the first of a series of Rockin' Pod Expo interviews that I did. I got in some great ones with uh, Craig Gass. Toby Wright came back on the show, as did Kenny Olson. We talked to Ron Keel, our good friend Tom Hazart. And this episode is Erie Vaughn, former bass player of Danzig, and Sam Hain, and photographer of The Misfits. Artist extraordinaire, solo artist, so many great things he does. What a great guy. What a fun conversation. We talked about the first Danzig album, how it came together. I am uh, blown away by how nice he was. It was uh, great to sit down and chat with Erie Vaughn. Should get a few episodes like this out this week. Short little mini rock and pod episodes. And speaking of rock and pod, I just want to give a huge shout out to Chris Sinzak, who pulled this together. Chris Sinzak of the Decibel Geek podcast. Great to see Chris. Great to see Aaron Camaro. Ran into so many podcasting friends, shacked up with Baco for the night from Cobras and Fire, met the Roach Coach, ladies and gentlemen in person, discography discussion was there, Rock Strikes 10, talked with uh, Michael Butler with the uh, Rock and Roll Geek Show, good friend of the show Mike G of MDG Rock Photography, took some photos, took some great photos, Eric Moore of the Saturday Night GM Session podcast was there. (laughs) <laughs> and he was also my ride, so i got to give a huge shout-out to Eric for the uh, for the ride down to the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. So much great stuff. Obviously, uh, Ian and Ralph from the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, and if I'm leaving podcasts out, no offense, there was so much going on. It was so overwhelming. Great to see everybody. Our good friend Scott Bowling from Atlanta, Georgia, the uh, good company with Bowling was there. Got to have dinner with him and Eric Rogers the night before the Rock and Pod Expo. Great to meet Scott Bowling for the first time in person. And uh, if you guys have a chance to go to Rock and Pod 3, make sure you go. Year 1 was great, and year 2 was even better. I was uh, I, I called Chris on Monday, told him how much I enjoyed it. I was a little worried with the cancellation of Vinnie Vincent and then the last-minute uh, last cancellation of Head from Corn. Head had to go to Jonathan Davis's wife's funeral, so that's understandable. You know, Vinnie Vincent's just a giant tool, so that was understandable too. But with the last-minute cancellations, I was trying to be positive with Chris and tell him that everything was going to be okay, but inside I was like, man, I don't know about this, but man, it turned out to be a great event, great venue, loved the Nashville Palace, and I ran into some old friends, some other podcasters, and uh, I will continue telling you great stories from the Rockin' Pod throughout the week on these episodes. But for now, let's check out some Danzig, and then let's talk to Eric Vaughn.
Nashville Rock and Pot Expo 2018 with Erie Vaughn, legendary bass player of Sam Hain, Danzig. And uh, how you doing, Erie? I'm doing fine. A little tired. How are you? I'm from the same. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to, uh, to to work off last night's uh, debauchery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, these, these interviews are a little bit short, so I had to kind of pinpoint a part of your career to uh, to, to, to talk about. Sure, tonight. whatever you like. Um, so I kind of want to go into the first Danzig album legendary album in this uh, in the genre and uh you know game changer for a lot of people and i'm assuming for yourself too let's just kind of go back i mean you know obviously how did you meet glenn and uh you know how did you guys come together uh well i you know i knew doyle in uh eighth grade seventh grade uh so we were friends in high school and um met glenn i i would run into jerry on the schoolyard playing basketball so i met glenn when we did the first photos that we ever did together at the cave and we just became friends and you know when he was uh quitting the misfits he was i had my band and he said you want to you want to do a band a new band together and i was just like yeah so that was basically it we did that for like three or four years and then um that turned into dancing you know we got some new guys and 
it all you know became a thing you know I was listening to an uh, episode of you know you talking about getting Danzig together and Danzig kind of going a little bit more in the metal vein but you guys all had roots in punk rock and I think that's what made Danzig sound so different than everyone else was because it was like punk rock dudes playing metal. It wasn't just like straight up metal dudes. Do you, do you think that was kind of the uh, you know, what was going on there? Yeah, I guess because we never really thought about it. Yeah. You know, we were just I, I never I never really listened to a lot of metal. You know, so I went for the stuff that was really good, like Black Sabbath and ACDC. And you know, Chuck liked metal, but he didn't play it. You know, it only as a joke. And Glenn liked Sabbath. You know, but there, there was a a point like a few years before that there the metal the speed metal bands and the punk bands were kind of like playing on the same bills so they were influencing each other so i thought it was a really cool thing and you know that was just just we just played like as, as hard as fast as we could you yeah, know yeah. and that was what everybody did because we came from hardcore bands and stuff like that so it just seemed real natural you know what was the kind of the, the genesis of uh, Danzig coming from Sam Hain, you know, obviously changing the band up a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of going in that metal vein. What was the, uh, you know, the genesis behind that? Well, you get, when we got Chuck and John, um, John was a total metal guy. He didn't like punk rock. He said, um, I remember Chuck saying to John, he goes, You're, uh, you were the kind of guys who used to beat me up on the bus. <laughs> And so he brought in all that, like Judas Priest and any guitar stuff. He loved Boston a lot, you know, and uh, ACDC, of course. And Rick Rubin was a metal type guy. And so it just happened. When you get new guys in the band, it, the band just changes. So it was just like, it just happened. You know, we didn't really say we're going to sound more like this or whatever. But it just it just happened. And, you know, John would turn me on to certain records, and I was being more open to, like, okay, I'll listen to some of this, see if I like it, see if I can get anything from it. You know, but it just happens, you know. The uh, the Wikipedia page says that Glenn refused to sign without you being in the band. Is that true? Oh, I don't remember that. Um, but he, no, he wanted me in the band, uh, but... I don't remember how when we signed a distributor deal like later on, but I don't remember signing the original contract. So I think he only signed it, but he wanted me in the band and because he wanted a band, he didn't want to just be on his own. So that was it. We were friends, you know, we were really close. So I was just like, sure, of course I want to go. Of course I want to do it. I didn't really think about it because we started the other band together, you know. You know, what are your memories of recording the first dancing? It was a nightmare. <laughs> We recorded the we the whole album at a place called Sorcerer Sound on Mercer Street in New York. Scrapped the whole thing and only used Mother from that. I'm pretty sure. We had like 19 takes of Mother. And it, it was horrible. I hated it. And overdubs like crazy. Rick Rubin wanted to overdub. And we never overdub. I mean, maybe guitar parts, but the bass, the drums, all that shit. No, never overdub. So we went to... I forget the record plan or one of those big studios. Can't remember where we recorded it exactly, but then it was fine. But except for the overdubs, and then we went down to like Chunking House of Metal where they did all the Run DMC records and nice. stuff, and just sat there and like overdub. I had to overdub my Demon like eight times. I'm like, no, it's too hard, <laughs> you know. So I didn't really like it, you know. I, I liked the all the records after that. It was more like the way we played. 
just live in the studio, which we did the basic tracks like that, but then it was all this, like, you know, it was just trying to feel out Rick, and he was trying to feel out us and how we worked and stuff. It was too much. How different was it for you kind of coming from that punk rock background to kind of go into that, that the metal world and doing the videos and, and, you know, obviously, you know, you guys toured with Slayer. You did some stuff on the Injustice for All tour. You know, what was that? What was that like for you? Well, I always thought the band was going to be big anyway, you know, so like I wanted to get on a bus. I wanted to get like a gold record. I wanted to be on the radio. So all that stuff was just supposed to happen. So it wasn't a big adjustment. I mean, getting the first time you got on your own bus, that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. I was like, I, I think I'm gonna like this, you know. So the rest of it, it just felt like a natural progression from Sam Hain. You know, it would have been like from the Misfits to Sam Hain to Dancing. It just you kept you just sold more records. You started getting maybe some radio airplay. More people were coming to the shows. It's just it's just what's supposed to happen, you know. So, and I was always, I always wanted to be a musician from like when I was real young. So I was ready for it. It didn't bother me one bit, you know? Um, was it bizarre for you that Mother became a hit so many years later? Like, we know. I'll take a hit anywhere you can right. get it, right? <laughs> well, the same thing happened to Aerosmith. Dream On yeah. wasn't a hit until like five, six years later. So I was just like, whatever, because it, it didn't happen then, and we, we didn't get any MTV play. So we didn't give a shit at all. We were kind of like, whatever. We're, we're just going to keep playing, keep putting out good records, and keep you know selling out places. So it was a nice surprise. But other than that, you know, like, see, yeah, being on MTV like five times a day, which was, that's how we sold all the records then. And they never, we were never on MTV. It didn't matter what. You know, those those old shows at nighttime, you know, the 120 minutes. We were never on there. So that, it was nice to turn on the MTV once in a while and go, hey, there's our video. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't get away from it that yeah, summer. Yeah, that, that one, you know, six months or whatever it was. <laughs> and it's still a staple of, uh, you know. Any... I love that video. It's like my favorite one because it shows the band like we really were. Not like all the other crap, you know. Do you remember where was that venue? Do you remember the venue that you guys did that? It was uh, most of it was shot at Irvine Meadows in California. That was our big Halloween show. We had thirteen thousand people. It was bonfires. They destroyed the barricade in the second song. It was our biggest headline show ever, and uh, it was great. And White Zombie played with us, and I don't remember who else. But yeah, they did. They had other footage from some other stuff that I don't remember. But most, the main gist of it is from that Irvine Meadows show on Halloween, like 93, 92, 93. I can't remember. Even in, uh, you know, cover bands and things like that, I've heard Mother a thousand times. You know, you just... Yeah, good for them. Let them play it. <laughs> Let them play it. So are you not going to do the uh, jam later and play Mother with everybody? <laughs> uh, no. No. No, they're not paying me enough to do that. Or at all. No, if I never have to play that song again, it'll be too soon. That was not my favorite one. It's the only one that doesn't really sound like us. I like the stuff that sounds more like us. That sounded like ACDC, you know, which was Ruben's idea. He wanted it to be like that. And we were like, yeah, whatever. We didn't think anybody was going to care. So, it's always the record you don't like that, that gives the most care. But it, that's always kind of a double-edged sword, too, because if they get into that song and then they go to the other stuff... And it well, doesn't sound like the one song. And then, yeah, I know, but yeah, that was like some bands, they put out one song that's a big hit, and the rest of the album sounds nothing like it. But at least it wasn't that far removed, you know. Plus you got Glenn singing, and then you got that good guitar lead, you know, and stuff. So it, 
it wasn't the you know the worst example. It just wasn't the best. What was it like kind of watching Glenn in the studio? I mean, that, that voice is a uh, you know, such an iconic voice. Oh, I was already you know I was already used to it. You know, when we recorded uh, in the Sam Haynes stuff, we, we were in such a small room that you couldn't see him. So I would go down to pretty much everybody's overdubs, and I would take pictures and I would watch. And you know, Glenn would make this thing, you know the booth real dark, so you couldn't hardly see him. And it was no big deal. I mean, I just got to see him sing every day. So, you know, I, it was it was nothing different. And he would just go, that's good. That's good. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> you know, if he wanted to do something more than once or, but he wanted to satisfy himself. But it was no big deal. Other, other than that, he was always like behind the, the glass or in the booth as a guide vocal. And the rest of us were just playing live, you know, in, this, in the big room, which was awesome. The only way to record. Well, last couple of questions, man. What are you doing these days? What's uh, what's what's the Erie Vaughn world? Trying to put out another book. Okay. I got my one book out. It's been out for a couple of years. So uh, I got a new publisher. So did a few pressings or printings, and I got a new publisher, and it's doing doing pretty well again. So we're working on you know another book mostly. I got demos that I can do, but. I, I'll put out another record when I when I do, you know. But that's mostly it, you know. And I paint like crazy, so I do my paintings, and I'm trying to get the book out, which will be a little bit bigger than the last one, like a couple hundred, like 300 pages instead of 200. Nice. So that's basically it. Just how do people follow you on uh, online? Just Facebook, you know. I got a couple of pages. And people can email me, you know, and I answer their questions. And people are always want to buy shit off me. Like, hey, I want this old, you know, whatever. And I'm like, sorry, it's all gone. I'm like, you got anything specific? Because they just say, I want some old Sam Hain dancing stuff. And I'm like, uh, yeah, what would that be exactly? Because I have to find it first. So, no, nah, I'm, I'm, if, I, if, I, if I do it, I can be online like eight hours a day. So now I just go on every hour or so and, like, answer questions because I used to do it that often, and it just takes up so much time. It, it, is, it does take a long time. There would be questions from, like, a month or two ago that I didn't even see. So now i got to go back and answer a month's worth of questions besides all this stuff. So, but I mean, I like it. It's the way you keep in touch with everybody, you know. Absolutely. Well, let's end this off with the uh, with the Danzig classic. What uh, what Danzig song would you like us to play? Oh, I like the third album the most. So, I like almost everything off of that. Um, I don't know. I like uh, Left Hand Black, Brand New God. Um, I'm trying to remember what's on that album. Oh, I like uh, Do You Wear the Mark. I always like that. And. Uh, I can't remember, but I liked all the stuff. I really did. It, it was like one or two songs, maybe out of the whole time that I didn't like. Other than that, I thought we were great. You know. Well, we'll just do a, a dealer's choice here of a Danzig classic and a Erie Vaughn man. Thank you so much for taking the time. Might as well throw something on.
Once again to Erie Vaughn for taking the time at the Nashville Rock and Pot Expo. Looks like he did really well. He was selling books and art. And I know uh, Mike G got the Erie Vaughn guitar that he was selling that was a uh, hand painted and it's gonna look awesome in his I believe he put it up in his kitchen or his dining room. Wherever he put it up, it doesn't even matter. Make sure you go to uh, next year's Rock and Pot Expo and hopefully you guys enjoy these mini episodes that I put out through the week. So until next time, I am Joshua Toomey. This has been the Talk To Me podcast. Talk to you soon.